this uh, vocal performance I've been doing on the new album is literally the first time where I'm happy about what I did. Like, I never really... Really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. It sounds kind of weird. Like, why will you spend so many years of your life on playing in a band? And every time when you go to the studio, you're not satisfied about your own performance. But I don't know. For some reason, I did that. And I was never really patient enough to... Uh, learn to scream in a good way and you know we were just touring all the time so i guess i was just like going on the same routine like yeah i don't know i i guess in some way that just gave me uh the time to to learn not to uh fuck up my voice when i'm screaming so yeah that's interesting man i mean you've been yeah. known for like you know being a vocalist for 12 years now and yeah. <laughs> saying that you kind of I mean, like just I, figured it out yeah. in the last 10 years Welcome to the 164th episode of the Cast at Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview bands and public figures from the MathCore and MathCore adjacent community. Uh, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, and do all the things social. Every little bit helps. And feel free to join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the live cast where you can interact with the guests in real time or just hang out in the chat. Uh, you can also subscribe to this Twitch channel for just five bucks to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can also do that for free by attaching an Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking five bucks out of Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Uh, with that out of the way, let me introduce our guest today who dropped their new album, Aeternum, last Friday through Debemir Morty Productions. Welcome in, Philip of Hexus. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Dude, yeah. Oh yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, did I say the album name correctly? I was kind of worried about that. Yeah, I, I guess it's correct. I mean, uh, sometimes I'm not even sure if I'm spelling all the titles correct, but yeah, I guess like Eternum, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, So wh what do you do in Hexus exactly? Um, I'm doing vocals, uh, writing the lyrics, and then uh, the music for the new album have been like me and two other guys writing that together. And then, yeah, I do, I guess all the booking stuff and a lot of other things around it so, so yeah it's 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 quite a lot of time i'm putting into this band okay um yeah. you're like the only constant in the band right like the lineup is changing pretty pretty consistently is that correct you're like yeah, the so leader we like, so we are like two uh, permanent members uh me and the bass player and i've been like that for i would say maybe four or five years now um and then we have um, different uh, people helping out along the way with different things, like different touring lineups. And as I said before, we also had another guy um, on the new album. Uh, he has been like writing it with us and he recorded the guitar. And then uh, we had a drummer as well to, um, to record that part as well. It's interesting that uh, it's you doing you as a vocalist and the bass player being like the main guys in the band because it's usually like a guitarist or whatever that like you know yeah. takes on the majority of like the music and stuff so how yeah. how do you find like that person playing guitar that meshes well with y'all do you know what i'm saying like has like a similar uh vibe as the other albums yeah i don't know i mean i actually feel this new album is quite different in the sound and i mean I think that's obviously because of, you know, new people being involved, but it's kind of like, you know, how do you say it? Like, I mean, I have a lot of different ideas for riffs and stuff like that, but I don't know how to play guitar. So I guess some of the stuff you're hearing is kind of like me memeing melodies. And then the guy who plays guitar have been 
translating that into uh, real guitar riffs. And he also, you know, he's really good at programming drums and all that. And me and a bass player no, don't know shit about that. So, <laughs> so this guy has been like a huge help for for helping us like doing this album and achieving with it what we wanted to. Okay. So yeah, shout out to uh, to Della. Check out his band Troller. It's really good as well. What's it the sounds band kind of. It's called Troller. Troller. Yeah, it's it's a. I would say like the new Hexes sound. You can definitely I hear some similarities to uh, to the band. Uh, he is he is in yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Um, so re- are you saying that you did like guitar noises and shit like with your voice to him? Like just play so, like so, this. Chung, 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 chung. Yeah, that, so it's actually, I mean, not all riffs are like that. I mean, some riffs is him coming up with it. Some riffs are like Luca bass player coming up with it. But I, I would say like I constantly like have a lot of melodies. Like to take an example, I remember like one riff, we um, one melody we used on the album was like one day I was on uh, my way home on the train and I got this melody in my head and I really didn't want to forget it. So I went to the... The bathroom at the toilet and was singing the melody into my phone and then when we made up i was just singing it for him and you know he translated into a riff uh at first then i you know i guess a lot of the melodies i have is i, I will say kind of catchy but that also sometimes means maybe it sounds a little too melodic so it's kind of like me singing it for him and he played it on guitar but it sounds a little too melodic so you know him and I think probably also Luca figured out to like twist it around so it sound a little more dissonant and so I think that's kind of the thing with X is we want at, at least I really want to have a lot of catchy and memorable melodies but it should also be brutal at the same time I guess no exactly you want that hook to like bring people yeah. in and stuff yeah. um I I do the same thing actually uh, if I'm out about and have like a little melody in my head I absolutely record it on my phone it's like full yeah. of uh, voice memos yeah. I, I really wish I, I really wish I could play guitar that will obviously makes it way easier but I didn't really I never really had the patience uh, for that so so I guess that's kind of like the singing melody or drum beats or whatever that's kind of my way to um, to do it I guess yeah uh, so rate your music says that you you performed the band in 2010 is that correct yeah Okay, cool. Because they have the lineup like wrong on Rate Your Music, so I wasn't even sure if that was correct. If you yeah, I mean, I looked at some of the different sites. Also, I saw like some stuff that got mixed up. To take an example, we had a permanent guitarist in the band called Christian. He was with us like 10 years ago. But along the way, we had a live guitarist on like some different tours. And we had another guy called Christian only doing guest vocals. So a lot of these different sites have mixed it up. Like the guy who did get guest vocal on one record um, plays in the band called LLNN. And, you know, that guy has the same name as the permanent guitarist. So some people think that the, the guitarist Christian from LNN used to be a permanent member of Hexus. So it, it's all kind of mixed up. But, but you know, <laughs> so we had so many different people being involved with this band. So I also understand... Um, if people um, don't really understand, if people kind of mix everything up. So yeah, I don't know, maybe I should try to contact some of these different pages and tell them, hey, it's like this and that, just to correct everything. But yeah. You should uh, perform with like everybody have hoods on or something except for you, just so people yeah. have no idea who's actually in the band too. And yeah. I mean, actually when we play live, we always play like 
uh, in complete darkness only using strobe light. Okay. So in a lot of, I mean, it depends on from venue to venue, but like sometimes you literally just see like some black silhouettes live. Yeah. So in some way, you know, yeah, I guess that's kind of in what we're doing. <laughs> um. So how did you uh, get the band together? How did y'all start? So before this band, then I had another band, like just like me and some friends from my small shitty hometown. And by the end of that band, then we got like a new drama and shortly after that, that whole band just fell apart. So me and that new drama we got in the old band, we wanted to start something new together. And he knew a guitarist. I knew a bass player and then we found a second guitarist on a, like a forum for musicians. And then from there, it, it kind of went on like, um, I think pretty early on for me, it, I was very, how do you say, like, I, I really knew what I wanted to do with the band. Uh, like I wanted, you know, to constantly touring and all that. So probably more than the most people want to do. So pretty quickly, a lot of people, jumped off and then new people came in and yeah that's kind of how it has been going and now you know we're at a point where we wanted to even more than what we ever have done before so it's probably not gonna be much easier to find a stable lineup hell yeah so, man uh like are y'all planning on coming to the u.s and stuff then uh, yeah that's a plan like we we want to go there next year uh we're not sure like how yet. I mean, we've been talking to some different bands we really like about doing something, but a lot of the bands we're talking to, they're kind of like, yeah, we can do it, but we can only be on the road for maybe two weeks or whatever. And I think like for us traveling all the way to the US only for two weeks seems a little too short. No, yeah, that's so, way too short. So we are kind of, I guess we kind of looking for a band that wants to do a long run or if we can plan it out. So we maybe do two weeks with one band, two weeks with another, two weeks with a third band. Right. Because you know, you know, going to the US, like I mean, one thing is traveling there, but you know, all the thing with being a band from Europe, you know, either you need to pay for an artist visa or you have to go the way with like flying without an instruments and buying everything over there. It's 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 kind of tricky once you go there. So, but uh, we, we just like a full month month in Canada, literally back in June. Oh, you did? Okay, nice. We did like, uh, yeah, we started around Vancouver and then we literally draw all the way over to Halifax and then we ended with flying over to St. John's. So a lot of people told me that it's like the most extended can Canadian tour they ever have seen. Right. You said you did a month in Canada. I, I can't even imagine yeah. doing like, I, I figure Canada is like a week or two tops. Yeah, but I like mean... <laughs> I think like it made perfect sense. I mean, uh, like most of the shows we had over uh, over there were really nice, and yeah. So like we started in Vancouver, and you know there was a lot of people, like a lot of places to play all the way over to Halifax, and around Ontario, you know, you can also play so many cities there. That's it. So uh, so yeah, we we did like a month there. I think we had like one day off, and then we did still play shows every day. Uh, guy couldn't tell you in chat says uh, you guys come anywhere near PA and I'll be there, uh, Pennsylvania. So uh, make sure you hit Pennsylvania. We, we we played there in 2014 actually. In yeah, 2014 we toured with uh, we did our one month US tour back then with the uh, first three weeks with Primitive Man. Oh shit! And then okay. after, and then after that we did one week with Pleeping Grandstand and Reprocha, and it was like the last week we did where we played in uh, in Philadelphia. So. 
God yeah, damn, that's a lineup, dude, for a fucking tour. Holy shit, that'd be sick. Yeah, it was some really good bands. I mean, back then, you know, Primitive Man was like a way smaller band, and also I've also played being Grandstand was smaller. But yeah, there was like some really cool bands we toured with. So yeah. Um. So uh, dropped five EPs, two splits. And two other albums, as well as some uh, a whole bunch of singles and such. Uh, your last album was in, uh, Tondo Ashanti, I guess is how you pronounce it. And uh, yeah, the- th- that's how you pronounce it, Tondo Ashanti. Yeah, I guess yeah. Okay, uh, you dropped that back in 2017, and then you did nothing for five years, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what happened with why is there such a huge gap? So I think like the first thing was that we were out uh we were without a bass uh, no uh, a drummer and a guitarist and back then you know our way to write music was you know the whole thing like we're jamming for everything uh, with the new album we took another approach you know we've been writing everything on a computer which i definitely would like way more now but yeah i guess like so some members were missing and we had to figure out like a new way uh, of writing so there went some a couple of years uh, before we found the Dele we could do it with. And um, also, you know, we had so much touring. Like when we released the latest album, we started to tour way more than we have done in the past. So that also made it kind of complicated. Um, and also, I guess now, you know, after the band have been around for so many years, uh, I personally, I got way more picky about what I like and what I don't like. So literally for this new album to uh, to be totally happy with everything, we we literally wrote enough music for two albums and then we have just been cutting it all down to one. So we really could pick and choose what worked. And yeah, I guess like overall we, we are just we have just been really picky about what what we want for this one. And then obviously COVID came as well. And right. and the bass player in the band Luca, he lives in Italy. So that was literally 10 months where he not could travel to Denmark because when even if we write on a computer, we want to do it all like in the same room. So there was like 10 months where we didn't write any th- any, any songs. I mean, I spent these months on uh, doing demo vocals on my own, which have been very helpful as well. But music-wise, we had like 10 months where we didn't write anything and a lot of touring. And But yeah, I, I hope with um, after this album, I hope... Uh, it's not going to take another five years. I hope so too. (laughs) But no, I like uh, hearing that y'all are like being more picky and stuff like that. And just like writing more material in general to, to cut down. Uh, Yeah. That shows a lot of dedication and stuff and a lot of like patience to be able to, you know, chill and uh, it sounds right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what's different this aside from the lineup obviously what's different yeah. from this album or from Tondo Ashanti to this album what's different this time around mm, I mean like I musically before, yeah um I guess maybe um yeah, I'm trying to think because I mean obviously I will say it's very different also a lot of people told me that but I guess maybe like the new album is maybe more modern in the sound I mean both um the way we wrote the music but also the production like this guy we recorded the new album with you know he recorded all these like old bands like in flames even like a lot of big albums from like bring the rise and architects so it's definitely like 
a more modern production. And I think this guy, he, he has really managed to to make everything sound like how we wanted to. But I think like also uh, in some way, I guess you can maybe say that the old Hexa songwriting is a little more punk, maybe in some way. It's a little more primitive and simple, I guess, where I feel like with a lot of the new songs, there's a lot more details to it and maybe more technical as well without really being technical. I, I guess just feel like everything is better written this time. Also... With the old albums, you know, we never did any demos. You know, we're just like in the practice space, jamming. We wrote some songs, went to the studio to record it. This time, you know, we worked so many years for on demos. And as I said, I literally had 10 months on my own just sitting and doing demo vocals, which meant that in some way I feel on um, this new album, then I actually figured out how to scream in the correct way. On the old albums, I literally just went to the studio, spent the whole first day on just completely fucking up my voice. So, it, I mean, that was kind of what I wanted to do. So it will sound super harsh and then I will just scream. But obviously that's not really how you're supposed to do it. Uh, so like all that time at home, just sitting and doing demos, I, that actually, I mean, after screaming in bands for 15 years, and I kind of feel like that helped me like figuring out like some kind of technique and making, making it sound better. I mean, this... this uh, vocal performance I've been doing on the new albums literally the first time where I'm happy about what I did. Like, I never really... Really? Huh. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know. It sounds kind of weird. Like, why will you spend so many years of your life on playing in a band? And every time when you go to the studio, you're not satisfied about your own performance. But I don't know. For some reason, I did that. And I was never really patient enough to uh, learn to scream in a good way. And... You know, we were just touring all the time. So I guess I was just like going on the same routine. Like, uh, so, but now, you know, I had so much time at home just to do demo vocals. And yeah, I don't know. I I guess in some way that just gave me uh, the time to, to learn not to uh, fuck up my voice when I'm screaming. So, yeah. That's interesting, man. I mean, you've been yeah. known for like, you know, being a vocalist for 12 years now. <laughs> you yeah. saying that you kind of like just I, figured it out yeah. in the last 10 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would say like when we were touring, usually I I didn't fuck it up. But, you know, that's actually also one thing that's different now. Like when we toured before COVID, like most nights we we're just playing for like 20 minutes. So I guess even if I didn't really scream uh, the right way, I never really had too many troubles with my voice on tour. Okay. Uh, uh, now we play double as long. Actually, play like forty minute sets. Sometimes a little less. Sometimes a little more. But, but yeah, I mean, like I guess also like vocal wise, I just try to take another approach to it now. I mean, I will say like now actually with the new way I'm screaming, I I scream with like less volume, so I maybe rely a little more on actually being able to hear myself when we play live. You know, sometimes, I mean, you probably know from your band, sometimes you play and you don't have like, how to say, like monitors or whatever, if you play like a small DIY space. Yeah. But uh, so sometimes, you know, with these kind of shows now, I can struggle a little more because I scream with like less volume. So if not can hear myself, I tend to do something wrong. But if I just can hear myself, I, I guess I can control it the way I wanted to and it's all good.
That's interesting. You bring up like uh, touring and stuff with the vocals. I didn't even think about that angle. Uh, like whenever I was going out for like eight or nine day runs or whatever, after the fifth day, because I, I fucking wasn't screaming right either. After the fifth yeah. day, my voice is just gone, man. Like people are oh, asking yeah. me like, you know, does it hurt to talk and stuff like that? Because it's just like static sounding coming out of my mouth. Right. Uh, so yeah. like that doesn't happen to you then whenever you were doing it the wrong way. So nah, I mean, it, actually, it was more like, I don't know, like in the studio, as I said, like I, I tend to do, I mean, kind of just fucking up my voice, but that was kind of the way I, you know, with the vocals, I I wanted, I guess, like, you know, a lot of the vocals I wanted to do, like in the earlier years, just wanted to make it sound as harsh as I could, but uh -huh. I still never really learned to do it the right way. I guess now, you know, a lot of the vocalists I'm inspired by, you know, it's more like... I would say like more deeper vocal sounds. So I tried to experiment with that and I just figured out like for me to make that sound good or or whatever, then I needed to do a scream with uh, with less volume. I mean, even when we was in the studio now uh, to record the new album, something I noticed was like every time when some of my favorite parts were coming, then I tend to push my voice more because, you know, I got really oh, yeah, excited. excited. Yeah. And yeah, and all these parts sounded less good because, you know, I figured out, like, if I'm screaming louder, it actually it, it just sounded worse for some reason. Yeah, I guess so you're I, like, fuck the uh, uh, the technique or whatever. Like, I'm excited and uh, scream. It, I it, so I really have to, like, uh, some of my favorite parts where I was really fucking stoked. Um, I really have to constantly have this voice in my head. Don't scream too loud. Take it a little down and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of weird, you know, for some reason, I always thought like, oh, just scream as loud as, as you can. But I figured out for me, like, and also, I guess, for a lot of other vocalists, and it, I mean, it just sounds better if you scream with less volume, then it's, you know, it's easier to control it and make it sound powerful or whatever. I mean, I still have, have a lot of stuff to learn with my voice, but I definitely feel like these 10 months uh, home because of COVID have been like, probably the biggest learning experience ever for me vocal wise dude hell yeah man i feel like i've done like the same kind of uh, uh learning process as you over like the past couple of months because yeah. i was terrified of losing my voice on this last tour that i did and ended up like changing the way i do it and trying to figure out an actual technique just like you were doing and and yeah, yeah. Man, like that's exactly the type of stuff i've been experiencing so yeah I yeah but it's so weird, like, you know, when I play live, you know, I, I try to move as much around as I can. So, and when I do that, it kind of feels weird that, you know, you try to use all your energy, but at the same time, you're trying to holding back with, like, right. how loud you scream. It's kind of like, I don't know, it, it's weird to me. I guess I still need some more time to kind of figure out that going hard with my body and then trying to relax a little with my voice but yeah dude no that's exactly right that's totally what yeah. it is that's hilarious yeah. uh guy couldn't tell you in chat says a turnum is a killer album but your vocal performance is definitely a highlight oh, i agree too i feel like this is like music kind of like built around your vocals if that makes sense uh, you okay. definitely make yeah, it like, I'm happy for that. like as i said like this new album is literally the first time i ever have recorded something where i'm happy about my own performance so i'm happy that uh, that people like it so uh, so what would you label your music as? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we always called it like a mix of hardcore and black metal with some sludge and post-metal elements. But with this new album, I mean, we definitely took in a lot of 
new inspirations. Like, you know, we played around a lot of like ambient sounds and I mean, literally some of the guitar riff you have on, you have on the album, I guess if you played it more in a kind of chuck way, it could actually work perfect for like a slam or beatdown band. But, you know, we play it like in tremolo picking. So, and that works for us. So I guess in some way, actually, I mean, I, I personally, I listen to a lot of, how to say like stupid beatdown, whatever, uh, ignorant stuff. So probably a lot of the melodies I came up with was from listening to that. So take like a beatdown riff and then just tremolo picking it and then it works in. And I guess also like with a lot of my new vocal performance, like, you know, a lot of the bands I listen to nowadays is like, you know, I like a lot of the newer metalcore bands actually coming out and a lot of SoundCloud rap. So in some way, without thinking too much about it, I guess some of the new vocal patterns, I guess, uh, was actually inspired by more like rap-ish stuff, if you can say it like that mm. way. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. I, that was actually pretty much what I was going to say. Uh, first time yeah. I listened to the album, I was like, oh, this is like mainly just black metal and death metal now. And then like I listened to it again, I'm like, actually this like kind of slaps like a hardcore beat or whatever so like uh, i, I yeah. totally like, like hear that now uh, although i feel like it is slanting more towards like black metal and like grindcore-esque type of stuff but you definitely hear yeah. like, the the hardcore stuff uh, it, along with it as well um one of the big changes i noticed is that it's the production or whatever like you were mentioning before it sounds fucking gigantic now uh it yeah. almost sounds like I, maybe i'm uh wanting things to be where they are or wanting things to be like wanting something to be there that isn't there but it kind of sounds like there's some symphonics happening in the background is that a yeah thing so or? yeah it is yeah so um yeah we were playing around with like some orchestra stuff okay actually i mean it's 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 all programmed for we actually talked about on the new album maybe we should hire in a whole orchestra to do the whole thing but then uh frederick the guy we uh, recorded with he said that you know, he did some albums in the past, like, you know, as I said, like he recorded some Bring Me Rise albums. And I think on one of the albums he did with them, they were using both like a real orchestra and also like a program thing. And he actually told me that he think the program thing turned out way better. So he suggested for us, let's just do it that way. The only thing you hear that is kind of real with orchestra-ish stuff on album uh, is... Uh, so the drama we had recording, uh, Felix, his girlfriend, uh, I don't want to try to pronounce her name because I'm probably going to say it wrong. Uh, but um, yeah, his girlfriend were like recording um, some guest vocals on the song Exaria we have on the album. So she was like singing on the last part and we played around with that uh, so she's doing like some different uh, sound with her voices and also like singing on top of some of the vocals I'm doing. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that y'all had like guests and stuff on, on the album. Did you have like other yeah, guests we, too? Nah, only this one. I okay. mean, we, we, the, we talked a little about having some more people, but I don't know. Like, um, yeah, we ended up just with this. Well, that's sick though. I really like the uh, addition of like the symphonic stuff. It just makes it sound that much like 
heavier, I guess, and more uh, yeah. and bigger. You know what I mean? Um, it'd yeah. be really fucking cool to hear like an actual orchestra playing with you guys next time, like on the next. Yeah, time. like I mean, I would like to uh, try to do something like that, but it will also be like uh, I guess a lot of work to try to um, right. do it that way. So, yeah, maybe we'll do it someday. Even if it's just like the uh, uh, um, the MIDI stuff that you were talking about, like programmed or whatever, like that'd be yeah. sick. That'd be sick as well, man. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like a bigger we, a bigger feature. Yeah, I mean, when we play live now, we actually use a backing track, so we have everything with us live. Uh, I mean, I guess some of the new songs could definitely work live without it, but to take an example, like that song Exaria, you know, there's so much orchestral stuff going on, so if we play without it live, it, it almost sounds like a different song. Right, right. And, like, yeah. who cares if it's, like, real or not? Like, uh, yeah, I mean... It's still sick as fuck, man. Like, especially yeah. like you know my music or whatever. I have a huge backing track behind me the whole yeah. time, you know. So like, dude, like you know, just go go all in on it. Make it a big feature. It, it's great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess like years back, I used to be kind of like, oh, it's kind of fake with the backing track right, and blah blah, right. blah blah. But I don't know now. I I, I guess like how I look at it, it's just like I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as it sounds sounds sick, then whatever. No, yeah, there's still people also like that, like, oh, if you can't play it live, don't do it or whatever. But, like, yeah. you go look at, like, a pop artist or, like, a rapper or something, like, they don't have people making yeah. the beat behind them, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, what, sure. yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Uh, so what are some of your influences going into this? You were mentioning, like, uh, SoundCloud rap and stuff like that, but, like, you know, if that is a huge influence, then cool. But, like, uh, what, yeah, what are like, the that- bands you're listening to? So probably one of my new favorite band is a band from Oklahoma in the U.S. called Ofem. It's kind of like, I don't even know how to put it. I, I guess you can call it metalcore with some deathcore slam influences. And like there's two vocalists in this band. They all used to play in a band called Strangled, which is more like, yeah, I guess just straight up old school sounding deathcore probably. But like what these two guys do with with the vocals is so fucking crazy. I mean, it's literally for me, uh, it's yeah, probably some of my favorite things at the moment. And I mean, these two guys technically is a million times better than I am. But I guess I still try to take a little inspiration for them in some way. Yeah. And then I guess also like another band, which I really, really like is Jesus Peace. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like the singer from that band, I really like his vocals. So I guess like with some of the more deep vocal I did on the new album, I tried to probably copy a little his sound in some way. But again, you know, he's also a million times better than me. So it's just like, I guess I'm. it's not like the people I'm inspired by. It's not like I'm sounding like them, but I'm probably trying to, I guess, in some way. Yeah. Uh, you definitely need to send me a link to that band in Oklahoma. I, have, I definitely want to check yeah. that out. Never heard of them before. Um, but what about like uh, musically speaking, like outside of like the vocals and stuff? What are like your big influences right now? It's hard to say. I mean, like definitely when we started the band, like Celeste for sure, uh, Celeste from France. It's I'm like uh, okay, um, but they were our biggest inspiration, and you know I really lo- still love that band for sure. But I feel like with this new album, we we definitely wanted to try to take inspiration from somewhere else. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think like, I mean, which bands have been taking inspiration from? I feel like in some way, like we just try to um, progress on the old sound, but then 
adding in a lot of different elements. So I don't know. It's it kind of feel like with the old albums with it, I could more like point out like, oh yeah, we we're inspired by this and that band. But with this new one, it I don't know. It's it's yeah. I can't really. Um, I mean, besides the bands are just mentoring uh, vocal wise, then I cannot really think too much of like some specific bands, I guess. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, you're just trying to make like more originals, push the sound. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I guess, you know, obviously when you're listening to Hexus, you can definitely still hear like a big inspiration from Celeste. But I think that more comes from the sound that we tried to build many years ago, which we of course still are trying to keep now because we still want it even if we even if a lot of new people is coming in in and out of this band um then we of course you know we still try and we still trying to like go in new directions we still want to keep the something from the old sound because i feel like if we will completely change the sound and it didn't sound like the same band anymore then it will not really make so much sense to still call it hexes i guess so, uh, so I couldn't find the lyrics anywhere. I guess because the album just dropped or whatever. Uh, what are the lyrics about? Uh, so the lyrics is about. I mean, it's kind of like a mix of some personal feelings, and it's also a mix about this kind of how to say like nightmare-ish story in some way. Like, so like the old albums we did were kind of based about this these exorcism stories and i wanted to try to build a little more around that also in the new album but also try to check in some of my personal feelings so i guess it's kind of like what would be a good way to explain it like kind of being in this nightmare irish world uh, and feeling i guess kind of hopeless sad and yeah so it's like a horror like story thing. Yeah, I guess kind of, yeah, in some way, I guess you can say like that, kind of like being inside of a nightmare and just feeling like there's no way out by then, I guess, in some way. So it's like a a metaphor for like, you know, actual life or whatever, I guess. What's that? Is it like a metaphor for like the way you feel like about life in general, I guess, or? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, I think like generally like, I'm a very happy person. So usually I have very, um, you know, I'm usually looking very positive at, at most stuff. But I would say like, especially throughout the whole COVID thing, you know, I guess most people at that point had some really bad times in their life. So yeah, I said like, I'm a very happy person in general. So usually it's very hard for me to write like negative lyrics. So I tried like every time when I felt like shit, I guess, then I tried to write some stuff there. So okay. that is kind of like some of my, I guess sometimes when I had like some darker thoughts, then I, that was like when I was writing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Because like, you know, I love a lot of dark stuff, but you know, in general, like I'm a happy person. So it's also very hard for me to, write lyrics because to write something i'm happy about i also have to feel like shit i guess yeah huh so did you write the lyrics after you wrote the music or did you write it before the music some of the lyrics i wrote before and some of them was after um because you were saying that you just like whenever you feel bad you would write lyrics so i figure if you felt bad you didn't have music to write them to like 
if you would just like start like writing randomly yeah i mean like usually like even after we recorded the new album like every time when i'm like let's say i'm not let's say i'm not feeling well or something then i try to write a little down and then you know maybe you have a pretty good chunk of lines or whatever and then when you have the music you know you try to put it in but maybe you're missing a few lines so like with some songs you know it was stuff that was written before and maybe the last part of the song were like written after yeah you write like but, fragments or whatever that makes yeah. sense but i feel like definitely i mean obviously the whole covid thing sucked but in some way like i also feel like if it wasn't for covid like you know prop you know obviously a lot of like a lot less bad things will have been going on in my life so in some way, you know, I'm happy about COVID in that case because I don't think I, I will have been ending up r- writing a lot of the stuff I've done if it not was for COVID. <laughs> I know it sounds a little weird to say. But, no, I, you know, I totally yeah, understand that. that and I completely agree. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed yeah. the lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have your album art up on screen now. I don't think you can see it. Um, what? What are we looking at exactly? Like a snake on, on a cross? What does that like mean yeah. to you? What does it like have to do with the album? So like that picture is um, is also like inside of the Divinitas music video we made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we recorded that part with the snake on the cross. And we also went to Hill of Crosses in Lithuania and filmed a lot. And I think like... In some way, like every everything you see in the music video, and also if you look at the LP, you can see all the pictures. I guess that was more like you know I said like the whole lyrics were based around this kind of like nightmarish worlds, and I guess that was kind of what I imagining in my head that that whole nightmare will look like in some way. Mm. Oh, like so. the graveyard from uh, the video or whatever. Like that's kind yeah. of like the thing. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. It, like. I mean, obviously, if you go out and see that place in real life, you know, around it, you know, everything looks normal. But, you know, we try to just film that area. So I guess what I'm imagining is like, you know, walking around in this endless, how do you say, like, yeah, darkness, nightmare-ish world. Um, I guess like in general, like, like also with every time when I've been writing lyrics and trying to come up with art, I always wanted to be would be the right word to use kind of abstract you know i guess like sometimes uh, if let's say i write a lyrics also and it's too easy to understand then i kind of don't like it i want to do some stuff and then when i look back and back and it back back at it i'm kind of like ah okay what exactly did i have in mind me i kind of like stuff that is i guess a little blurry and not too easy to understand sometimes like the uh, movements with like the hands and stuff like that in the music video. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, can't, I guess maybe I'm a little hipster. They like artsy stuff or whatever. I don't know. No, no, that's fucking awesome, man. Uh, actually, we're playing the video right now. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think it looks really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, like little things like the hands moving like in weird, weird ways and such. And the yeah. the other music video that you guys did, uh, the, the shorter one. I don't remember what song it was for now, but uh, that one had a lot of like weird hand movements. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, the, the other, so the Divinitas music video, that was kind of like all my ideas, how we should do everything. But the other one in Nunchum, that was, I mean, personally, I was completely out of ideas for another music video. 
So everything you see in that one is just like, you know, the guys who did the music video with it, the whole storyline and what they should be in it was all their idea. So okay. everything there was, um, yeah, that was just uh, stuff from their mind. What, uh, what artists were you working with for it? So we work with two guys from Finland. Uh, they have a company called I'm not sure if we're gonna spell it correctly, uh, said correctly, but Re Revata Visuals. They also did some uh, music videos for um, Humanity's Last Breath from Sweden. Oh, sick. Okay. And uh, also some bigger bands like Fear Factory and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they were like super pro, and um, yeah, I, they saw some of the videos they had done, uh, like the Humanity videos and. I feel like the visuals he came up with in these videos was really fucking good, so we just contacted them. So, so first we um, we flew to Finland to meet up with them, uh, where we filmed uh, all the stuff with all the crosses, and then we went straight to the studio to record the album in in Sweden. Yes, we started in Lithuania, Sweden, and then we flew to Finland to uh, record the uh, band performance, and then after we went home, then the uh, you recorded the cross with the snake and all that. Well, damn, dude, that's crazy that y'all are able to uh, put that much like expense into like flying around and recording. Yeah, like it like was. It, I mean, both doing it all the right way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, both the recordings and the music videos. We have never spent this much time and money on anything before. Right. Uh, so I'm kind of happy to see like a lot of people saying that they think that this is like the best work we've done yet because. It yeah, it have been really expensive and really time consuming to achieve what what we wanted for this new album. Oh, well, it so definitely it, it is your best work so far, as far as I can tell. Um, and people seem to agree, man, because uh, this video just showed it's at sitting at forty seven point five k views, which is fucking wild, dude. That's like a huge uh, number for extreme metal. So, congrats, okay. dude! Like, holy uh, shit. Uh, as I told you earlier, you know, I'm so bad at like all this. Okay, what is good streaming numbers and what is bad streaming numbers? Like, I mean, obviously, a lot of my friends' bands, like, they have a lot more streaming numbers than we have, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy about the response we got and uh, all the new stuff for sure. Oh, I, I think y'all are doing really well. Uh, what was it? Uh, we're looking at it right before this. It was like six, probably 6.5K streams day one and over a thousand people listening to it on just the first day. Like, that's fucking sick. Yeah. Okay. Y'all doing really well, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, where were we? um. Yeah, you were telling me you're uh, going on tour in three days. So, uh, yeah. where are you he where are you headed? So we are going around like most of Europe. Like, gonna start out in Germany, then going through Netherlands, Belgium, France, Spain, Portugal, and then after that, gonna play. Um, Italy and then a lot of the um, eastern countries all the way down to uh, Greece, Turkey and then go up through Bulgaria, Romania and do some more Germany and they would play like I guess most countries around Europe except for some of the Baltic countries and then we're also skipping the UK as well so yeah, sick. Yeah. how long is that tour? Uh, nine weeks nine weeks Jesus yeah. Christ so it's, all right. it's actually um the dates are actually, I mean, most of the dates are like postponed. We are supposed to play these shows like back in January, uh, February. Uh -huh. We're actually supposed to originally doing a tour going on for three and a half months. I think 100 dates. God but, damn, dude. Holy yeah. 
So, uh, but then uh, COVID canceled all the January, February dates. So we moved them. And then back uh, early in the year, you know, we are kind of lucky. So like that show, we had to postpone the first two months, but we still ended up going on tour from start of March. That was kind of like where uh, everything opened up again. I remember like the first date we had on the tour back in, uh, yeah, back early in the year that we played in Kiel. That exact same day as we played that date, that was the first date was allowed to do concerts again. So we were like oh, the nice. first. Yeah. So yeah, the original plan was to do um, three and a half months straight, but then we did five weeks and now we are doing the postponed uh, nine weeks. How, how long was the longest tour that you've been on? So the longest one was 109 days. That Holy was shit, dude. You have yeah. to be destroyed after that. Like this is no shot. Actually, actually it's kind of funny because yeah i mean i i understand that a lot of people look at it like that but to say an example like we played our release party two days ago and yesterday i feel fine but today my whole fucking body hurts because like <laughs> you know i haven't played a show in six weeks so i guess i was kind of rusty but like being on the road you know i kind of feel like you know you, you go out there and you do it every day and you know your voice your body everything just get used to it i feel like as soon as you have been out there for a week, I can kind of go on forever. Okay. I mean, I guess it's also something with the mindset. Of course, you know, if, when you know in advance, like, oh, in six months, then I'm going to be on the road for three months. Then, you know, I'm just like, okay, that's how it's going to be. And I enjoy it to perform way more because it's just like when you do it every day, you know, you're just more used to it. Right. Usually playing like let's say just to go out and do a weekend or something like that. I usually don't like it because I just know that we usually don't play and perform as well as when we're out doing a longer tour. Okay. It usually feels like when we do a tour, then the first, second and third date is more like the warm up for us to really get into the whole mood. Right. Right. You get, you know, you figure out exactly what you want to be like, yeah. how you, how you want to perform the show or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That like, makes perfect uh, sense. Also like, if I haven't played a show for a long time, I kind of tend to feel a little nervous before I'm playing, which I fucking hate. <laughs> Me too. Oh my and, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but as soon as you're out there doing it every day, I mean, I remember that, that show I mentioned it for you um, before. It was like 109 days. And one date we had on that show, we played at Brutal Assault in a festival Ooh, in nice. Czech And I think it's probably like the biggest crowd we ever have played for, like maybe we played, I think for 3,000 people. And I remember even five minutes before we played, I was just sitting and checking Instagram, whatever. It, it, it's just like, you know, what, what I'm trying to say is that even if I was going to play for thousands of people, I didn't feel nervous at all. It was like easy. But then I remember like in 2020, I hadn't played a show for 10 months and we, had a sh we were going to play the first show after that long, just in front of 80 people. And I was almost shitting my pants because I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, like, I totally know what you're saying. It was really like, it was so weird for me because like after, you know, I, I'm used to playing shows all the time. And then I had a 10 months break and we had to play again. And I literally felt horrible before. I didn't enjoy it at all because I was so fucking nervous. So that's also, I think that also has something to do with, with like the whole thing of like, I just want to play all the time because I know if, if I have too many long breaks, then, you know, I just perform less good. And I guess also as a person, I'm kind of critical on myself. Like if I'm not doing a good job, then I'm being really 
how to say like mad at myself so i guess like first of all i enjoy to show and play a lot of shows but if if i'm gonna do it i want to feel that i'm doing a good job and that's only gonna happening if i'm playing a lot of shows so hey that's awesome man uh, i feel like uh uh i can relate so much like what you're saying like just yeah, everything man. um whenever you're touring do you take certain days off like a lot of bands will take mondays and thursdays off do you do that or are you constantly trying to play a show every night uh, we try to do it every night. Like this show we're gonna do now, we have shows every day. Uh, and jeez, for for how long? You said like nine mo- nine weeks. You're gonna be doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand people think it's crazy and all that, but I don't know. Like, I I just like to do stuff every day, and I guess also like the economic aspect in it. Like, obviously, you know, if you take a day off, True. then. You know, then you have to sort food, drinks, accommodation by yourself. No money from the shows, no merch sale, and um, you know you still have to pay for the van. We we don't have our own van, so we every time when we go on tour, like we rent a van, so we have this daily coasters that we have to play. And even on the next tour we are doing now, uh, besides the van, then we also uh, bring a driver along as well. So it's like, you know, daily coasters of uh, van and driver. Uh, so we prefer just to do it every day. But actually, to take an example, um, the first show we're going to do next year, we're actually going to go to Mexico for a couple of weeks. And and over there, it's literally in... I mean, you could probably play on a Monday uh, or whatever, but uh, over there, we're going to have, I think, two off days a week because in Europe... Let's say you play in, let's say, Leipzig, Prague, whatever, some of the good cities in Europe, you can play there whatever day of the week and the show going to be fucking sick. Like, I mean, if you play in Leipzig on a Monday, you're still probably going to have at least 50, 60 people showing up. But over in Mexico, what they told me is that if you're going to play there on a Monday in pretty much whatever city, you're going to play for a very small crowd if you're not a big band. Right. So the booker over there, he said, like, let's take off the uh, the first two days every week. Okay. So, I mean, I will probably have been preferring to play shows every day. But at the same time, I mean, it, I think it's kind of boring to have days off in Germany or Belgium or whatever. I mean, what I'm going to do there. No, that, make, that makes a lot of sense, too. Like, all, like in Europe, I, all the cities are, like, pretty close to each other. So but i mean like actually having off days in mexico i think that's gonna be pretty sick like probably gonna spend some time at the beach and, right and so yeah i mean if if i if i should do a tour where we're taking days off i'll definitely say like around south america that's that's that, that that's an okay place to do it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty uh so you've played a fuck ton of shows obviously what's the best show you played the best show I ever played. Actually, okay, this is a funny story because I know you had uh, Victor on from Ice and Cellars. Mm-hmm. And he used to play in Hexes. And I, I remember that was actually where I heard about your show. Okay. And I, and I think the story I'm about to tell now is actually the same story as Victor told you. Because, um, so yeah, so Victor from Ice, he used to play in Hexes from 2010 to 2018. And I would say the craziest show I ever played was when me and him, we played together. We did this uh, two months to around Asia. I think he told you the whole story about that one as well. Right, right. It's and, been a minute yeah. though, so I don't mind hearing it again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so we did this two months to around Asia and like uh, we had a whole month only in Indonesia. 
Uh, and one of the shows we played over there was in a smaller city, like one hour from um, Makassar. It's like an Indonesian island we played over there. And we played this house show up in the mountains, like a small house. I think the people had just rented it. That's... And and I think there have been space for like, I don't know, 80 people. But I think 150 or 200 people came out. So it was so packed, like behind a drama that was just full of people. And the whole room was so cramped, like people hanging out of the windows. And we started playing. And I think like a half minute into the first song, I looked up and like five or six people crowd surfing. And one guy, he flew directly with his head down in the drum set and the whole drum set just fell apart. <laughs> so we had to build it up again. And I remember like, this is the fucking sickest thing I've ever tried. This is so fucking cool. I mean, obviously, you know, everything was one big mess and I don't think the sound was super good. I also remember like my mic was constantly cutting out because, you know, the cable was shitty or whatever. Right. So, I mean, sound wise, it was not super good, but just like, just playing that show that was so fucking rowdy and that that's just what I love. I mean, hell yeah, man. I, I feel like, you know, I, you know, I personally, you know, I love to go to all that. I hate five, six page on uh, YouTube and watching all these crazy videos from this is hardcore, whatever. So even if all show not is as crazy as a lot of that, then I think just for me, like playing a show, which was all over the place was, was just what I really needed. Because, you know, a lot of the shows we play with Hexes, you know, we, as I told you earlier, you know, we, we play in darkness with strobe and all that. And I feel, you know, obviously that makes the whole thing very intense, but I also feel that a lot of the shows where we play, like people don't really know how to act or whatever at the show. So a lot of them just stand like this and look. And I mean, of course, I appreciate it uh, and all that. But right, and you're like, oh, are I, you actually enjoying this or do you fucking hate it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, totally. I, 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 I kind of <laughs> like when we play like to, to have a crowd with put all the energy into it because I kind of feel like when you play, if if people are moving around and giving you a lot of energy, that kind of fuel me to uh, to give it even more. But I get it. I mean, like, I guess you know, with the whole mix of music we do with Hexes, you know, it's not that, you know, we are not really a hardcore band. We are not really a black metal band. We are not really a sluts band. So I, I guess it's just like with the genres we decided to mix together, then I guess it's kind of hard to put the band like, okay, how are you going to act to this band life? Right, right. It's like, where's but, like the mosh part or whatever? You yeah, know what I exactly, mean? Like, yeah. yeah, dude, that makes uh, so much yeah. sense. That's exactly I mean, I, how people I, I, react to me too. And like, I totally yeah. get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh, yeah, do you I, like I, this? Or? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like your band is like grind, mathcore, or what, how do you describe it? Like, I, I guess. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, the same uh, way. I have no idea what, what label to really yeah. put on it. But yeah, dude, I totally understand what you're saying. That must have been yeah. fucking insane though. Just like, a house out up in the mountains does like that sounds awesome man like yeah it's a sick i remember at first, i remember like at first when we arrived there because i mean as i said like it was not even in like the big town in that uh at that island it was literally one hour way up in the mountain so it's literally not really many people living there so i guess these 150 or 200 people were literally like i remember something i remember from indonesia was like a lot of people were uh, driving at scooters so I think like a lot of the shows we played, like you would look outside of the venue, there's like 50 scooters packed in front of the venue. So I think people were just driving up with the scooters up in the mountain. And then I remember like a lot of people that took a lot of drugs and it was kind of crazy in there. And, but yeah. <laughs>
Did they have like local bands and stuff you could play with? A lot of local bands. Like literally every show you play over there, it's you and eight local bands. Really? Okay, that's yeah, sick. Yeah. But you know, it's it's so crazy over there because it's it could a normal night in, in Indonesia could maybe be um so uh, it's you and you announce with let's say it's you and nine other bands. Then the show starts, and then it's pretty normal that at least one or two bands doesn't even show up for no reason. So maybe they're supposed to play 10 bands and then two bands just never show up. And then the order of bands can also very easily be moved around. I remember that house uh, that I mentioned before. I think we were supposed to play as band number... I can't remember what number it was, but then literally uh, just randomly the promoter came over and said like, oh, uh, now you are playing... Instead of playing as band number... Seven, now you're playing as band number four, so you have to be ready in 20 minutes, which was some kind, sometimes a little little annoying because, I mean, how I usually do when, when I tour is that I try not to eat, let's say, three to four hours before I play because I hate to play shows and do vocals if I'm feeling really full. Right. But also, I kind of don't like to do it if I'm feeling really fucking hungry, so I kind of like to know when I'm playing, so I kind of can... Okay. figure out like when I should eat and when I should do that. So, but yeah, like a lot of the shows is just like you are expecting to play in three hours and then, oh, now you're playing in 20 minutes. <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, even, even if it sounds pretty extreme with all these bands, that, that many bands playing every day, I mean, at least a good thing is that the majority of the bands playing, we're just playing for like 15 to 20 minutes and bands are using the same gear. The thing is that, you know, Indonesia is a pretty poor country. So a lot of these kids don't even own their own guitar or anything. So it's okay. normal that that when you have a show, like all the bands use the same guitar, same bass, same cymbals. So let's That's say maybe a, band, maybe a band play for 15 minutes and then there's like a two-minute changeover. So it's literally just one band playing and the next band just take over on the instruments. <laughs> so. That's sick. That's so cool, man. Uh, I was interviewing a band from India, uh, Maneating Orchid, and they were talking about how they don't have like their own amps and stuff either. That it's like yeah. expected that the venue provides like amps and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I guess like you know, it's just very different. Like you know, I know in, every time when we toured in the US, you know, something I was very surprised about the first time is that over there, like you know, bands don't even share cabinets or anything like that. Oh yeah. Well, like it depends how big the show is. Sometimes there's like yeah. you know, a backline or whatever. But I just remember, like as I told you, like we did that tour with Primitive Man back then, and I remember one show we played. There was literally, I think it was like three or four MPEX eight by ten caps in front of each other, the exact same caps. And it's just like, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess I understand. Maybe people are scared of other like people like destroying the stuff, but it just looks so extreme. I mean. It's not a super small venue, but it's not like a super huge one either. So it just looks so ironic to see all these exact same caps just being lined up in front of each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, American excess, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like how it works in Europe is like, you know, bands usually share a backline, but then, you know, you still bring your own amp and obviously your own guitar and, and bass and all that. But yeah, I guess just like different... Uh, cultures or whatever right i would say if the show's like bigger than four bands there's usually a back line but if there's like yeah. four bands eh, they probably don't yeah um so what's the worst show you played worst show i ever played 
Uh, okay, so back in 2014, then we had a tour planned, and um, a drummer at that time could not make it for the tour. So we had this guy. I'm not going to say his name. I don't want to... Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, so we had this guy from another country coming over and you know we thought that you know obviously when a person say that he can play your songs then you know you expect him to be able to do it so he came to denmark i think almost a week before and was practicing every day and he could not play a single song correct and then it was like okay should we just cancel but we actually decided to go out and um, still do it so we played the first show and it was so bad it was so embarrassing like it was just like one big mess that sucks, dude. Uh, I mean, at least that we we're kind of lucky that only 10 people showed up that night. So there's not too many people who saw it, but it was, yeah, it was so bad. But then what the kind of came out of this that was good uh, was that, so obviously after that show, it's like, okay, now we gave it a chance with one show and it doesn't work. So let's cancel the rest of the tour. Uh, and like two days after that show, uh, we were supposed to meet up with a band, which we will do the remaining tour dates with. So I like I called them and said like hey I explained the situation and um, we have to cancel because we don't have a drummer now and then uh, they said like ah we might know somebody who can uh, fill in last minute and then the next day we ended up driving out to meet with a random guy we never met before and he totally uh, he was fucking amazing and he totally owned everything like he learned everything in no time that's crazy and funnily, and funnily enough this is like back in 2014 and that guy he recorded the new album we just did now and just played the release party with us and is going on show with us soon oh that's so it's sick. Kind of funny, you know so sometimes you know you you go through some really shitty things but you know sometimes these kind of things can lead you to some really nice things oh that's fucking but, sick. um <laughs> but yeah that whole experience with that drama that also uh meant that after we had that whole experience like every time when we have to try out new, new people, we are always telling them, send us a video of you playing two or three songs, just so we're never going to end up in a shitty situation like that again. Because I never want to like meet up with a person who apparently don't have any idea of what he or she is able to do. And then... Right. Yeah, so... And you like so, are relying on them to like, you know, actually like yeah. do it and go to like mean, a big I, I kind of don't get it. I mean, so. if I was... I mean if I was offering a, a band to help them out and fill in, then of course, I mean, why will I contact a band right. where I'm not able to play the music that that's just like, I guess like this. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't they be embarrassed? You know what I mean? Like I, I would be embarrassed yeah, to try no. to like play like some band. Yeah, like, I mean, literally you travel all the way to another country and then you cannot even play a single song. That's just like, I mean, I guess sometimes people just need to have um, a better picture of what they're able to do and what they're not able to do. Yeah, I guess but, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh so you have vinyl tapes shirts hoodies windbreakers beanies bags key uh, keychains cds and flags <laughs> all available on your band camp that's an insane merch spread uh, i i gotta ask <laughs> huh <laughs> i was just about to say we actually got even more stuff now we even got swim shorts the other day and no other shit things. that's fucking yeah. sick dude oh it's so yeah. sick um how how, uh, how have like uh tote bags been selling I, every european band i i talk to they have tote bags but it's yeah. not a thing in america so do the, yeah. the bags sell well i've been wondering about like, getting into it myself 
Uh, I mean, we've actually done a lot of tote bags over the years, and I will say the tote bags we have now is actually selling less good than the previous one we have. Really? And I think I think the reason for that is that the latest tote bags we did, we printed them in white, and I think a lot of people don't want to buy a white bag because obviously that one's gonna get dirty really easily. I mean, it's easier to see. So I would say like the previous tote bags we did, which was black, we uh, sold pretty well. Yeah. Probably the yeah, same uh, reason why people don't want like a uh, a different colored shirt. Like everybody wants a black shirt or whatever. Yeah, I, actually, funnily enough, the release party we just did now, like we got uh, some new uh, long sleeves printed. They're not for sale online yet, but uh, we printed some white and gray long sleeves, and they were actually the merch we sold most that night. Okay. So, so I guess like people still like white and gray if it's like clothing, but I don't know. Like that, that, I mean, we have almost sold out of the tote bag now, but I mean, we also, we printed them in 2019 and we did like hundred of them. So it was, I guess, yeah, thinking about that, we had them for more than three years now. It's, I mean, they should have been sold out at this point, but mm. I guess as we decided to get white printed instead of black, then that's probably why we still have them laying around. The, um, Interesting. There's, there's quite a lot of people over at the merch table that ask, oh, you don't have this in black? I'm like, nah. So I guess this is uh, the, the last white tote bag we have printed, probably just going to stick to uh, black ones in the future. Okay, okay. That's fucking cool, though, man. I, I feel like tote bags are, like, a, a great way to, like, you know, make, make some money because, like, you don't have to do different sizes and stuff. I feel like it's yeah. relatively cheap. So, yeah, good option. Actually, I would say, like, economically, I don't think it makes – I mean, it's that smart to do tote bags because – it's not that they are a lot cheaper than t-shirts. I mean, they're a little cheaper than shirts, but at the same time, you cannot sell them for as much as a t-shirt, obviously. Mm. So I feel like economically, it's not super smart or whatever, but I feel like it's a cool piece of merch. Actually, something we did, which was a little similar, which I think was cooler, we printed these uh, gym sacks. So, you know, it's it's almost like a... Gym socks? Yeah, like, uh, how do you call it? Like, it's kind of like a back gym, gym sack. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you would call that either. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what yeah. you're saying. But I, actually, these sold uh, way better than than the tote bags were. Probably because there's less bands doing them. And yeah. So I, I, I think, like, after we have sold out of the tote bags, we're probably going to do some more of, uh, of these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we could wrap this up with your current album of the year. Uh, that's going to be, so I talked about that band Ofend earlier. They have just released their first album uh, a few months ago. And yeah, I think that's for me, definitely the best album released in many years. Really? This is the band from Oklahoma you were talking about, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Orphan yeah. is her name? Yeah, Ofen, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to look at um, so, I mean, I, I feel it's a long time ago since I've been this stoked about a band. Like, I, th- I think last time I discovered a new band that I was this stoked about was probably Celeste, which I also still will love. But, you know, that band I discovered back in 2006. So uh, this is like the first time since back then I discovered something new that I'm this stoked about. Really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, you know... Uh, it's very raw that I'm discovering something new. I remember like when I heard the first song from these guys and put it on, I had like a big smile on my face and it's, it's very raw that is happening for me. You know, usually, you know, I hear something like, Oh, this sounds really fucking good. But 
when I'm starting to get that big smile on my face, then it's then it's really something special. Like that's just like whoa, this. then then it's then it's uh, something that is over over the maximum level or whatever you want to call it. Huh, that's awesome, man. Uh, it, well, so is there anything else you want to say before we head on out? Um, I guess come check us out at the European tour if if you live in some of these countries we are playing and then give the new album a listening and buy the the record if you enjoy physical copies as well. Hell yeah. Uh, so if you're looking for that filthy black and hardcore, you need to check out Aeternum, the uh, new album from Hexus, which dropped last Friday through Debamir Morty Productions. Uh, you're on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, Twitter. Or you're not on Twitter, never mind. Uh, Bandcamp, oh. <laughs> Facebook, Bandcamp, and Instagram, uh, and YouTube, and all streaming platforms. Uh, is there any like website you want to send people to? I don't know if there's a hexus.com. Is there one? Yeah, so there's a hexusband.net, I think it's called. Um, and that one, we just actually just got a new uh, website up and running. So it's like all the tour dates, everything rep released. And we try to keep that one um, up to date with different things. Okay. Uh, and then does Debamir Morty have different like vi- variants of vinyl and stuff like that than what you have? Yes, yeah, so, uh, there's three different vinyl versions. I think one of them is almost sold out now. And uh, then there's two different CD versions. I think one of them is sold out, so there's one left, and then oh. two different uh, tape versions as well. Okay, sick. So head on over there and get experience if you. Um, as for my channel, drop me a follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound of Dance Creation, at thesoundofdancecreation at bandcamp.com. Uh, my next guest is Jizzy, I guess is how you pronounce it, Jizzy, uh, who dropped their new album, Sincerely, Leda and, Al- and Alexis, back in July. Join us this Wednesday, the 31st, at 7 p.m. before the live cast. Thanks for being here. Hope you had a good time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you guys for watching and listening. Bye.